What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back to you, Tail Varsity, presented by Currency. Jeremiah Searles with us, standout Husker, longtime NFLer. There's no Matt Rule jersey in the background, is there? <laughs> not yet. There's there's not one up here yet. There's no Sikkim Baylor Bears or, uh, you know, we might have that little Carolina Panther connection, though. You know, I was there for a short time. He was there for a short time. So you, just, you don't know. So with all of this smoke and rumor and innuendo, we should have just called Searles from the get-go. I guess. Because you know nothing just like us. <laughs> I know absolutely nothing. I've been just grinding through some work, and then I check Twitter every now and then, and then I talk to you, and it's just it's just all a big smoke and mirrors. You know what? I'm going to go with the Bill Belichick approach. We're focused on Minnesota. We're well, on to the Gophers. <laughs> well, Searles, quickly here to just dispel something. If yes. Matt Rule is the guy for Nebraska, can you confirm or deny reports that you will be the next offensive line coach at the University of deny. Nebraska? Deny. 100% <laughs> fully, completely deny to the death. Deny. <laughs> Searles is not all about the 20-hour work day at a facility versus his Husker Den. Correct. Right? Absolutely correct. I will be very comfortable here in my leather chair, not screaming at 18 to 21-year-olds. Well, way to get out in front of that, sir. If you control the narrative, other people can't write it for you, all right? There you go. Let's talk about Saturday's narrative, point spread, quarterback situation. I think Casey's going to do his best sell job between now and Friday to get in the lineup, but you've had to uh, to take – young quarterbacks on the road that are backups what is life like that for the offensive line you know luckily when we had backups as we were old guys and veterans you know we had taylor for majority of our time but then my senior year we kind of bounced between kellogg and armstrong and figured it out but you know as a veteran offensive line you you take the shoulder the load more you know hey let's rely more on us and you know regardless and i think that regardless of who plays quarterback this weekend it's going to be really important that the O-line performs in the run game, whether it's Casey, whether it's Chubba, whether it's Logan, whatever. This is not a gopher football team that you can go three and out with. You know, I just got done rewatching the entire Rutgers game, and I remember watching their first drive that they went 99 and a half yards on for 12 minutes running the same play. You know, that's what this offense is built to do is to control the clock, keep other offenses off the field and be efficient in the run game. We got to take a page out of Minnesota's playbook. We have to be able to run the football. We have to be able to control the clock because if we don't, we may only get five or six possessions in the entire football game. And if they're scoring and they're running, we'll have problems. Can Nebraska commit to a run offense? It's not how they've been successful. You have different personnel potentially. 
and speak a moment to, to the backup choices, Smothers or, or, uh, or Chubba? You know, I think if Casey can't go, I think you'll see a two-quarterback system. You know, I think you'll see special packages for Logan that'll come in and be that kind of what we saw against Iowa, right? You run the, the speed option, play action pass, or you run the, the jump pass, or you just run true quarterback power because he does have some really explosive plays in his legs. And he's a young guy, so let him run. Don't worry about him. You know, but then you put Chubb in there who's got a little more experience under his belt. has got a little more timing with the passing game, or, I mean, hopefully he does better than last week. I thought he was allergic to the forward pass last week. But, you know, as you continue to roll with it, you know, I think you'll see two of those guys going back and forth. And I think Whipple trying to put together a best game plan. But it's not going to be those two guys that make the show go. It's going to be Anthony Grant. It's going to be Jacquez Yant. It's going to be whoever else they put back there to put the ball in their hand. Those are going to have to be the game changers on Saturday. Because when you're playing with a backup quarterback, it's just not fair to ask him to go out there and do too much. So as a guy who, who's played plenty of offensive line in your day, how do you think that Nebraska is going to try to hide this offensive line with a backup quarterback? Because, it, I mean, you can maybe, maybe if you have a good enough quarterback, hide some offensive line play. But especially with a, an inexperienced backup quarterback, that just strikes me as something that's going to be very difficult to do. Do you see any ways that you think Nebraska might try to hide this offensive line on Saturday just to give the team a chance? Yeah, you know, they've been trying to already with the quick rhythm passing game with Casey Thompson, you know, getting the ball out quickly, and it's still barely been getting out on time. You know, you bring in a backup quarterback that's going to have to hold on for a half a second later that doesn't quite anticipate the throws, isn't quite in sync because he's been doing it for the last seven weeks with these guys. You know, that's when you have to rely more on the quick draw game, the quick screen game, you know, things that get the ball out quick, wide receiver screens, tight end screens, you know, something that just is literally catch and throw or an RPO. You know, I think maybe we'll see some more RPOs if Logan Smothers is in there where you, again, taking a play out of Minnesota's playbook, faking the handoff, the linebacker sucks, just go ahead and give it to big Volkolek, you know, or those type of things is how you kind of hide the offensive line in the pass protection scheme. But there's nowhere to hide in the run game. It's mono e mono. It is man versus man. You have to double team, whatever it is. You can't hide in the run game. You can hide some in the pass game, but the run game, you have to just show up and show out. Searles, who do you run behind on this offensive line? There was some success against Illinois. Grant had a couple of bigger runs uh, behind that right side. Uh, you just haven't seen the offensive line this season asked to do a lot of of run blocking. It's been more of a, a sprinkling in uh, in this Whipple offense. Yeah, you know, I'm not real sure. You know, as I more I watch our tape, I don't necessarily know what our identity is in the run game. You know, sometimes it's outside zone. Sometimes it's inside zone. You know, I think that to have success and teams that have had success running the ball against Minnesota – have been more of the power run scheme downhill type of guys. Because if you think about it, that Minnesota defense practices all spring and they practice all fall camp against that outside zone scheme of the Minnesota Gophers. You know, so that is not something that they are strangers to seeing. What they don't necessarily always see is the double team, downhill, dive plays, A gaps. And, you know, that's not something that we do all the time, but we have a bit of an advantage to our side that if we're going to kind of switch and wrinkle game plans because our starting quarterback's not in, then that's something they're going to have to think about. And it's something that you'll want to sprinkle in early so that they're starting to guess and try and figure it out. But again, you can have the greatest scheme in the world. It's up to guys like Piper and Hickson and Corcoran and those dudes that just come out with their hair on fire and just try and establish a new line of scrimmage on the other side of the football and give guys abilities to hit creases because Grant and those guys can make one guy miss and go the distance, but they have to be able to get forward momentum going, which they haven't been able to do in the last few weeks. 
Jeremiah Searles with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, offensively with what Minnesota likes to do, uh, I'm going to flip this around. How important is it going to be for Nebraska to, to take care of the ball, not turn the ball over, and inevitably win that turnover battle if they want to stand a chance in this game? Yeah, you can't let this team steal possessions from you. You know, you could have this team, if you turn the ball over in a quarter, you may only get the ball once in that quarter. I mean, that's what they want to do, and that's how the Minnesota stays on script, and that's how they script to win games. You know, so winning the turnover battle and getting the ball out of their hands is going to be really important that we can try and steal a possession. But this might be if you turn the ball over once, it could be the complete difference in the game. You know, that's the big thing is and we saw it last week, you know, with four turnovers, your percentage of winning goes down to basically zero, you know. And so you just have to make sure that you're really smart with the ball and the backup quarterbacks are making good decisions and not running one way and throwing it back across their body and ball security guys. I mean, anyone who touches the ball, the ball security is job security. Searles uh, going to go to the NFL in a, in a name that's familiar, Joe Brady, uh, and what he's been doing with uh, Allen in Buffalo. Uh, and, you know, he, he didn't have a, a great run in Carolina. They had a tough situation with the offensive line. They had some skilled guys, but not really a quarterback that you can lead on. And I'm just talking about likelihood or possibility of a guy who's an NFL quarterbacks coach maybe making a look or a change back to college, i.e. potentially reuniting with Rule if uh, he gets back to college. Do you see that or hear that move happening that often? Not often. You know, kind of once you're in the NFL and you find a place that you can stick, you know, unless you're going to be a head coach in college or you're going to be like a step up. I mean, I don't necessarily know if you do a lateral move of – hey, I'm kind of a quarterback's guy here, and I'm going to be a quarterback's guy in college, especially when you're working with a guy like Josh Allen. I mean, when you're working with a Josh Allen and a Diggs and that kind of offense, you can just continue to build your resume, much like Brian Dayball did as an offensive coordinator and works his way to a head coaching job, right? Like, that's kind of where you're at in the NFL. You don't really come back to college unless you have to, in my opinion. You know, I don't think Matt Rule necessarily was like, yeah, I want to go fail in the NFL so I can maybe come back to college or mm-hmm. – I mean, Nick Saban, right? Nick Saban did the same thing. And and you don't want to come back because I feel like once you go to the NFL and come back, you never really get a chance to get back into the NFL. There's truth, though, about the personality match. Uh, Some guys are college guys versus NFL guys. Is Mm -hmm. that fair? Oh, yeah, that's super fair. I mean, when you get up and, I mean, look at uh, Urban Meyer, right? Urban Meyer tried to go into Jacksonville and run it like a college program. And the 31-year-old vets were like, hey, yeah, listen here, old man, this ain't how this works. And you can't be kicking players and doing all kinds of dumb stuff, right? I mean, there is a thing of how you run a program. And you're seeing some young coaches have really good success with it, i.e. Zach Taylor mm-hmm. and Sean McVay. You know, so there's this shift in mantra of kind of the younger head coach in the NFL. But yeah, it takes a different breed to be a college coach, especially with the world of NIL and the world of recruiting and all that. It just takes a different breed of human. Minnesota Vikings uh, pulled the trigger. They get Hawkinson, another Iowa tight end, and it was an interdivision trade. Uh, Hawk gets uh, released like he's Andy Dufresne from Detroit, and uh, now he's in Minnesota. The Vikings have a lot of skill. They have a great run game. Uh, quarterback situation is what it is. Good defense. You're you're six and one with your Vikings, Searles, but they were last in production at tight end. What can Hawkinson do moving forward for that offense? Yeah, that offense, I mean, you can tell that Quasi Adafa Mensah, their GM, is putting all the chips in the table and saying, We're here to win. 
we're here to win now. You know, I think there was the, the word competitive rebuild got thrown around a lot at the beginning of the season, which is basically <laughs> just hedging your bets. Like, well, maybe we'll be good. Maybe we won't. You know, but it's it's kind of now it's like we're six and one. Rebuild. <laughs> yeah, competitive rebuild, whatever the hell that means. But, you know, now it's like, OK, we're all we're six and one. Let's sell the farm and see what we can get, you know. And TJ Hawkinson brings another weapon. You say Jefferson, Thielen, TJ Hawkinson, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins. I mean, that offense is going to be a top 10 offense in the NFL. Are the Vikings your favorite in the NFC? I think we can kind of see a, a clear split in the top of the AFC with the Bills and the Chiefs with everybody else below them. The NFC is a little bit more of a mess. I can't really figure out who the best team in the NFC is. Aside You're from maybe the Eagles. Philly? You're not Aside going from- Philly? I'll say, dude, the Eagles are far and away the best team in the NFC. I mean, it's the Eagles and then everybody else. See, you know, Dallas, if Dak can get hot, he might look okay. You know, the Giants, I think, are frauds. I just, I do. I, I don't think they're, they have what it takes. You know, and the Vikings, too, at times on defense haven't shown me that they've got a chance to be real contenders. You know, they're like... 18th or they're like 11 in points allowed but like 21st in points expected eventually that comes back up to get you you know and so that'll be something to watch down the stretch but I think the Vikings offense will always give them a chance to win as long as Kirk doesn't just blunder it away see my, my take I, I think I guess what I was going for was I'd be pretty surprised if it's anyone but the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC championship game if the Eagles didn't make the NFC championship game I don't think I'd be surprised no, I'll agree with you that. You know, I think the only team in the AFC that can give them a chance is whenever since he's hot, they're hot. But when they're bad, my gosh, they are bad. You know, and then the Ravens, too, are kind of the other team that bounces around in there. But, you know, you kind of watch and you're trying to figure out the AFC's a juggernaut team. And then, you know, the worst part about it is we haven't mentioned the words Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, or any of those guys once. You know, it pains me that I hate watching them play football. Like, I hate watching those two guys play football right now, and that's just a crazy shift that's happening in the NFL, but it's happening right before our eyes. Jeremiah Searles, follow him on Twitter at Searles71 underscore HSKR. Searles, good talking ball with you. Thanks for a few minutes. Absolutely, guys. Go Big Red.